Okay, so I put up a little thing on YouTube, a um, little stat that I heard a reporter asking or mentioning Josh Giddy. Yeah. Did you know, Josh, that you were the first player since LeBron James to put up over 10 points, five rebounds, and five assists in your international debut? Which was true until wow. another Thunder player went out and did the same thing right after that when Shea did it. So now we have <laughs> two players, and it happened within hours of each other. And by the time I put that up, I didn't realize so, Corey. that Shea had also done the same thing. What do you have to say about that, Dave? Like two players putting up historic performances on the same team. I mean, that's why we love Josh Gideon Shea. I mean, like when it comes down to defending who we have on this team and, and, and defending whether or not we would trade Shea or Josh for a different player, it comes down to believing in who we have. And Shea and Josh are elite. Um, they're elite because of their um, individual talented gifts, but together they're more powerful. And I think that's the thing about it is, is that, um, you know, I was talking to uh, Jared um, and him and I were going back and forth about some stuff. And he said something like, uh, you know, you were right about, Josh Giddy and um, um, Shea Samuel, together, and how, how they play together, and they make themselves better. To you know, when they're playing out there, and I, I just love that man. I, that's what that's what team basketball is all about. But when you have so two Robert, guys that complement each other's um, abilities, that's when you got something special. And and Josh's ability to find the open person, regardless, that doesn't take away from getting Shea the ball and shooting the ball at all. That's the thing about Josh. Josh can play his game, and it doesn't affect um, Shea's game at all. In fact, it makes it Shea better at his game. And I love this 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 concept of what's happening. I love it too, man. There's, you can never ask for more on one team. But when you do think about what it might look like in previous versions of the Thunder, it takes us right back to 2010, FIBA, Russ, Harden, oh, yeah. KD. Oh, but yeah. now it's, it, we have international flair instead of all of them on one team. And I feel like a connection to Robert out there in Australia. Um, I know Blake. Um, so many Sublani. people from around the world are joining us and they have connections to these players. And now we're having connections to their international teams because like, let's face it, we're seriously cheering for Australia and Canada at all costs in this tournament. And we talk about it all the time, probably too much, but like, we don't really, we don't identify very much with that USA team, but these other teams that understand team basketball and they put other others before each other, like, I'm not saying there aren't players in the Team USA. I like Tyrese Halliburton. I really like some of the yeah. guys on the team. But I, like I also He looks yeah, good. Paulo looks really good. Um, but in the end, I really identify to what's going on with Team Australia and what's going on with Team Canada. These up-and-coming um, teams, can't really say Australia is up-and-coming. They are, but they've been legit on the world stage for so long, sure. whereas Canada is new to the world stage. But Australia is ready to take the next step. So there's so much going on, and we're all about that right now. Yeah, it's it's a beautiful concept that Sam Presti's put, put together, and we've talked about it multiple times on this podcast. About um, it's not no longer a uh, USA game, you know, like basketball is no longer a USA game. And, and this happened starting in the '90s, where it became more of a global game. But now we're seeing it in such a way that the impact is is truly spectacular. Um, you know, this team is full of guys that are going to play for the national team um, next year, the year after. Uh, I mean, it go, it's, it's truly spectacular if you look at how many guys we will see in our system play in the Olympics next year. And I, I'm just, I'm blown away. I'm blown away by what's happening um, around the global 
game. And again, Australia is, is in my opinion, the place I would be sending any potential NBA um, player. The NBL is legit, and it's teaching young men how to be men, period. I mean, take out that young part and just make them men. And it's so hard when these guys are coming out at 17 and 18 years old, and, and they're, they're trying to figure out life in general. And the NBL is an amazing place to help them focus on the game. So I, I love this, man. I love the um, the action that we've been getting from Australia. And, and we've always gotten from Australia because of Josh Giddy and what he's doing. And like Robert's saying, um, you know, people our age in Australia are in love with um, the Thunder, what Josh Giddy's doing there. Um, yeah. But also like his kids age, like this is a cross-generational, cross um, the globe, you know, connection that's happening. Um, you know, the last, I always love talking about the last Thunder version, but I lived in Puerto Rico when the Thunder were right at the, right toward the peak of their powers. Right. And when I would see people in Puerto Rico wearing Thunder gear, it made me feel like really, really proud of Oklahoma, of just everything. Right. Cause mm-hmm. you're like, I'm, you know, I'm in this place where not everybody speaks English, but we all speak we all know Oklahoma city yeah. and that's what meant Dude. so much to me. And I feel it's, it's deeper. It's deeper. When I saw that thing, Josh Kitty's camp and all these kids wearing his Jersey, but right on the front, it says Oklahoma. Like yep. how know, much dude. does that mean to, to everybody? It means everything. Dude. I wear Oklahoma city t-shirts all around all the time. I just do. Um, and for the first time since I started wearing Oklahoma city thunder t-shirts, uh, in the last two weeks, I've been stopped by people. All right. So the first stop happened in North Carolina. I was at a grocery store in North Carolina. This guy's like, Oklahoma City Thunder. Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. And I was just like, fucking fan, you know, like, but here's the thing is that like we sat there and we talked about the team and the young aspects, like he's just, you know, vibing about the team. And then I was here the other day and one of a lady stopped me at the the counter and was just like, I love the Oklahoma City Thunder, been a fan forever. You know, like, you know, it's crazy, man. Like People are starting to feel it. Everybody knows that there's something different here. It has nothing to do with our podcast or anything else like that. It's about the fans in Oklahoma City Thunder that are honestly waking up right now and saying this team's special. You know, this team was able to win how many games without Chet and with rookies as some of their best players? Like, it's only going to get better. And I think that's what's so impressive is that it's, it's everywhere you go, guys. Like, the Oklahoma City Thunder, when they first started and they first became good, it started everything out. But now it's going to be capitalizing on that because everybody loves the underdog story. Everybody loves the underdog story. Look at Canada. I mean, they're like one of the favorite teams to watch right now. They're destroying everybody. And everybody's like, can Canada win the first time they've been at a tournament for freaking ever? Maybe. Maybe. There Maybe. goes that man. SGA, dude, he's, he's looking great. And I would love to see SGA continue his international ascension. I think... One thing that I've noticed about him is he plays the level that he needs to. So we need to see him against other great teams. We need to see him against other great players. Yeah. I want that SGA Luca matchup. Mm. I want that SGA versus, well, I mean, Canada versus Australia. These are the ones that like I'm dying for, man. So we saw, unfortunately, we saw Australia lose. I did Mm. not get to see the game i've seen a few highlights but no, nothing comprehensive like on the other ones i know yeah. you were up at 4 30 3 30 my time me jared and george man we had a good night that's right or good what's morning up, Chase? what's up buddy <laughs> it was amazing i i got up right i was like 5 30 
my God, the game's already over, whatever. Like I pull out my phone and I noticed that there were still three seconds left on the clock. Yeah. So <laughs> I didn't actually turn the game on. I just jumped on to see what, what happened. We were the, or Australia was down by one. Yeah. And then I, I apparently Germany hit two free throws and Giddy tried to get a shot off. That shot was either, it wasn't blocked. So I'm assuming he was fouled because the ball didn't really get to the three, free throw line, a three point line. Absolutely. It was, so, but what impressed me the most was Josh's determination mm. to win the game all the way through the buzzer and yep. begging the ref for the call. Oh, yeah. And when you saw him like yamming on people, yeah, dude, dunking on people, you're like, this guy actually has more to go than what we've already seen. Mm. Like his upside is still bigger than we, we can imagine right now. Absolutely, man. And all right, Steve Thomas, man, I, I want to I address this real quickly. Uh, first off, thank you. Uh, living in Tulsa, uh, but a proud Oklahoma City Thunder, uh, getting worldwide recognition for our state. Oklahoma is a great place to live and raise a family. Uh, both Mark and I were raised in Oklahoma. We married um, our wives that were born and raised in Oklahoma as well. Um, we 100% uh, agree with that statement. It's a great place, an amazing opportunity, and it's growing so quickly, the state. So Definitely stay tuned for that. I'm, I'm pretty uh, stoked for that. So, Steve, thank you for uh, stopping by. Jay, what's up, man? Um, but I want to go back to, you know, what we're seeing with Josh Giddy is that, that passion, that desire to do something better. He wants to be better, and he looks better. And the thing about it is, is that when, when push comes to shove and you're starting to understand what you can do, you know, this is, I mean, they, listen, they've got to beat Japan uh, on Wednesday. Um, and that is going to be a crazy difficult game. I mean, it might be tomorrow. Um, that's going to be a crazy difficult game. That's not going to be easy. You got a home uh, team right there. So Josh is going to have to come out. But the one thing I want to say about this is that I watched the game. And one thing I, I, I loved about the way that Josh did not, um, I don't know, overshoot. But listen, he scored 17 points. And I didn't realize he scored 17 points because I wasn't looking at the box score until the end of the game when Andrew Gaze mentioned it. I mean, that's how good his 17 points was. It was like, boom, 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 pew. You know what I'm saying? Like, he is so next level. And, and, and for me, when I'm looking at this and I'm saying that Josh Giddy has a potential to be um, one of the better players in the league and one of the best point guards in the league, like, I truly believe that because the game is changing in such a way that you don't need to be putting up 25 points a game to be considered the best player in the league or one of the better players in the league. You don't need to score 20 points a game. But what you need to do is you need to dominate on defense. You need to dominate with passing the ball and you need to be able to score effectively when you're left open. And if he can do those things, he's going to be considered one of the best point guards in the league, period. Jay says, we're going to get Australia versus Canada if Australia takes care of Japan tomorrow. So that game starts at 6.10 a.m. my time, 7.10 East Coast time. Um, and yes. Australia, Japan. But then after that, at 8.30 a.m., we have Canada, Latvia. And Latvia is looking good. So good, dude. So, Bertans. I'm <laughs> pumped. Like, this looks like we have a double header back-to-back, 6.10, Yes, I, uh, dude. Listen, that, that's, a, that's four hours plus of, of being, like, broadcasting straight. So yeah, I don't dude. know how much of that you can take, bro. But I'll Man. try to be here for as much as I can be. 
Um, I, I know I have to drop my kids off at some point around there, so we'll, we'll be uh, juggling that in. But I guarantee you I will be there as much as possible because it's important for me, man. <laughs> Mark's got, uh, got some noise going on there. Holy um, cow. France is out. I can't believe that, Moani. It's insane to me. Like The fact is that France, um, I mean, no matter what happens now, they're out of the, the opportunity to get there. And to me, that's like, that should be a massive disappointment for France. Like they should automatically look at this and say, this, this is not good. You know, like, yes, they have a lot of young talent coming, but man, getting bounced after the second game of the tournament. <laughs> well, I know what you mean. I know what you mean, but like France is like, they had a really tough draw, bro. Yeah, you're right. Like, I got it. like who'd they lose to for their second game? Was it Latvia? Yes. Like, that's my point. Like, we're, we're going to see how good Latvia is coming up. But, like, I feel like if you're, you're in a situation like France and you've run into two very good teams, um, yeah, you've got to be able to beat Latvia. But, like, do you really think that, like, didn't they lose? Didn't Canada beat France? That was the first big matchup. So, like, do you think France is about to beat Canada? It didn't seem like it. No. And well, traditionally, that would have been an easy game. Hmm. Now, it, like you're facing an elite Canadian team all of a sudden, and the best part about all of this is like, like the Olympics are right around the corner, and usually it's two years away. So we're really starting to figure out what the hell is going on with this just in time because all of our Australian friends um, and you know fr- um, friends from France and all around the world they understand like this international game a hell of a lot better than we do. So we're always asking for like guidance. We're like, why is this not happening? Or why, what was that call? Or one of the obvious ones was France and Canada. France didn't really call timeouts. And I just kept being like, what's going on? Like this run in the NBA, you'd see three timeouts be used. And it's just like, there's not that many timeouts. Yeah. The game moves at a different pace. The quarters are different. So, so I, I really appreciate everybody, you know, helping us figure this out. Yeah, and obviously it's 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 one of those things where um, FIBA is like just the taste, you know. It's like just the tip, and I think that's what's so exciting about um, as we're go- moving forward here is that uh, seeing these guys play on different teams for their individual countries is amazing. But I cannot wait until they're all in the Oklahoma City Thunder uniforms, playing out there, hustling, doing the things that we know that they can do. I mean, even Bertans, man, he's, he looks so solid right now. He, first game, he shot six for seven from three-point range. Like, listen, if we get, you know, ready to ball like Bertans can play and he's shooting, you know, five for seven from three-point range for us in some of these games, man, like, man, it's going to be huge for us. Like, it's yeah. going to be huge. And, and people are like, oh, yeah, well, Mike Muscala this, Mike Muscala that. But if you have somebody that can shoot as deadly as Bertans can, it's over, man. Like, it's just over. Like, you can spread the floor. Uh, I mean, think about it. If Kaysen can hit someplace around 40, right? You got Jay Will, right, someplace around 40. You've got Isaiah Joe, right, J-Dub, very efficient three-point shooter. You know, Bertans, you just keep on spreading out. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And then you have somebody like Josh Giddy that drives to the lane, and he makes three or four people collapse into that lane. Because that's what he does. Look at what he's doing in, in, in these competitions at FIBA. Like, he is driving to the lane so fucking hard, people can't stop him. And he's accelerating at the right time and finishing over people's heads. Like he's not going out there and putting insane amount of points, right? But what he's doing is he's being incredibly effective because effective, when he drives down that lane, 
and he gets the ball, right? And he brings the ball down and then he brings the ball back up, right? People start leaving their feet and people start collapsing. That's when he's able to find everybody else that's all around him. I mean, the corners behind him. I mean, he knows where everybody's man is at, is on, or who they are on and where they're at at all times. And he gets the ball. And, and whether he's throwing the ball in balance, it doesn't matter, man. Like he's redefining the game all over again. Remember when we used to do that inbounds play that was called Bison? Like we scored, what, 70% of that play. It was called Bison. It was from uh, Oklahoma Baptist University up in Shawnee. We got that play from them. And Basically, the whole play was, was a you box. would set, you'd set a, um, a screen at the free throw line yep. for the strong side George. player to roll to the weak side. And weak side underneath the basket, if they were playing man-to-man, was wide open. As long as you got you got to move up to the high post. Yep. Because it's, it's, it's spreading it out and it's waiting for the right person. And you have to have the person throwing in the ball. You know, look away, and, look away, look away, look. yeah, look away, and then boom, then they, you know it's right there. Open. You're watching the people as they move, and with Josh Giddy, like he he understands, and it's just a half a step. I mean, every single time he throws this, this ball is in balance, it's half a step, man. And I don't know, I I get excited about it because it's, I don't know, when push comes to shove, this team is so elite in so many different aspects. Like whether we're going to pass the ball and just share the ball around the horn, whether we're going to attack the hole whether we're going to stay out and shoot three-pointers, whether we're going to, you know, put big men out there, like big guys. Like you could go, think about our lineup as a big lineup, right? You go Poku, <laughs> you got Chet, right? You got Jay will um, You've got uh, Bertans. I throw Bertans out there for shooting purposes. I mean, you could go straight up fucking huge and throw Josh Giddy at point guard and just go, boom, the smallest guy is 6'9". And you spread out, man. Like, what are you going to do? You know, like, oh, you are like, oh, too big of lineup. Let's go small. Cool. Let's go small. What can we do with small? <laughs> we could do the same thing. Like, it doesn't matter. What do you, how do you want to play us? We got to match up. And I think that's what's so crazy is that I, I don't know another team that's built like this. A lot of teams are built to be able to run their systems the way they want to run their systems, run their defense the way they want to run their defense, run their offense the way they want to run their offense. Teams aren't designed to be able to match up to other teams across the board. But this team is designed to match up against your team across the board. And I think that's what's a, a beautiful thing that Sam Presti has done. Oh, and George, Beefy. All right, Mr. Beefy, uh, George re- is referring to the ref, man. And I want to say this, is that the ref that was quite a bit larger than all the re- rest of the refs, so you guys can look him up. He was an American ref. And Josh Giddy challenged one of his calls. And you know what? He had a microphone on. You know what he told Josh Giddy? You don't have to question me. I'm a professional. And as he was dripping down sweat, like to the point where you get kind of concerned that this guy's uh, way too much out of shape, bro. Hey, that humidity <laughs> in Manila. But it's going to. So thank you, George, for bringing that up. That was great. Hell of a, um, uh, hell of a you time. Know, and overall, just getting a chance to watch each one of these players go to their international teams and make an impact in a different way. And then, mm-hmm. you know, we've heard, um, you know, I, we know. We've heard them talk about that they've improved their the way that they use the Thunder players on their teams based on Coach De- Degnault's offense, and we know that Coach Degnault is going to improve the way that these players are are utilized within the Thunder offense based on the way that they're using the international offense. Like we're all learning here, and that's the exciting part because we really don't know what is going to come next. But I know one thing for sure, bro, is whatever comes next is the best part of it all. That's right, guys. Wrap it before you tap it. We'll see you guys tomorrow.